a few techniques that I want to share with you to um, adopt to improve work performance. Avoid multitasking and adopt unitasking to focus on one task because your brain can only process physically doing one activity at a time. So this avoids dividing your attention that in turn improves your overall efficiency. My name is Stephen Smith, and this is the Three Pi Squared ABA Business Leaders Podcast. On this podcast, we discuss the business of ABA and how to create an ethical and sustainable ABA practice. For more information on our ABA Business Leaders membership or any of the other services and products we provide, you can check us out at www.3pisquared.com. Hello, everyone. Today, we are going to be discussing key performance indicators or KPI. I have myself, Kim, and to discuss this in way more detail than we can, we have Dr. Pearson, who is going to go over KPI and how to use it to benefit your company. So without any further ado, Dr. Pearson, if you could introduce yourself. Good morning to everyone that's listening and watching. My name is Dr. Pearson, and I'm the president and CEO of OD Synergistics Consulting, LLC. And the OD stands for Organization Development. We were founded in 2019, and I actually help trusted advisors work with organizational issues, reshape structures and processes, and then build depth of management capability. I am a veteran of the U.S. Navy and Army and certified in Lean Six Sigma as a black belt. And I have over 20 years of experience working for well-known companies in roles such as operations leader, HR generalist, training manager, safety manager. Um, I currently serve as the president for the board of directors for an organization nonprofit called the Food Pantries for the Capital District. And I serve on the development and domestic violence committees of an organization, also nonprofit called Equinox Incorporated. So I am so glad to be here with you today to talk about key performance indicators. We're going to discuss what key performance indicators are some objectives related to them, advantages and disadvantages. And then we're going to talk a little bit in depth about developing smart KPIs, creating the right performance measurement culture by getting buy-in, creating KPI alignment by cascading objectives, measuring and reporting only what matters. And then we're going to talk about some specific information with Kim and Steven as far as board certified behavior analyst KPIs. Key performance indicators are the measures of business performance. They're used to check performance against targets or benchmarks to signal areas of performance that may need improvement. They are, therefore, measure of a company's critical success factors. Managing with the use of KPIs include things such as setting targets. This is the desired level of performance and also tracking progress against that target. Managing with KPIs often means working to improve leading indicators that will drive later drive lagging benefits. Now, leading indicators are precursors of future success. Lagging indicators show how successful the organization was at achieving results in the past. So there are a few different KPI categories. Inputs, they are the measurable attributes. That's the amount 
type or quality uh, of resources consumed in processes that produced your output, also known as results. Then you have your processes or activity measures that focus on how efficient the quality and the consistency of specific processes used to produce a specific output or result. They can also be used to measure controls in those processes, such as tools, equipments that you use with process training. Now we have outputs, and those are results measures that indicate how much work is done, and then it defines what is produced. Outcomes focuses on accomplishments or impacts, and they're classified as immediate outcomes, things such as uh, customer brand awareness. That could be a direct result of, say, marketing or communication outputs. Or you can have in outcomes such as customer retention or sales that's driven by what's increased as far as that brand awareness. And that's just an example. And then we have project. This measures answer questions about the status of deliverables and milestone progress related to important projects or initiatives, which I'm pretty sure you all have a lot of. Every organization needs both strategic and operational measures, and some typically already exist. When we look at strategic measures, they track progress towards strategic goals, focusing on intended or desired results of the end outcome or immediate outcome that we talked about earlier. When using a balanced scorecard, these strategic measures are used to evaluate the organization's progress in achieving its organizational objectives or strategic objectives depicted in different perspectives. Say, for instance, if your customers and your stakeholders, you look at your financials, any of your internal operational processes, and then the actual overall organizational capability. When we look at operational measures, these are the measures that are focused on your day-to-day operationals and tactical things that you do to get the job done. They also are designed to inform better decision-making around those day-to-day activities. Project measures, which are focused on, obviously, the project progress and the effectiveness of your projects. When we look at risk measures, these are focused on the risk factors that can actually threaten your success. And then lastly, employee measures. These are focused on human behavior, skills, and performance needed to execute the strategy. Setting performance targets for your business may not only increase your bottom line, indicators of your company's success can be useful tools to your operation and your management. Having goals help ensure that management and staff are working for the same common results. As advantageous as performance targets can be, there can be some disadvantages to establishing them if they're not implemented properly. So let's look at a few things here as it relates to KPIs. Number one, close your learning gaps. KPIs are really, really helpful to help you recognize and address any learning gaps that exist in your organization. If you're not reaching an objective or a goal, it may indicate that your employees may need further training. Let's say you want to convert 20% of your sales service lead. So you communicate the sales goal to your team intending to achieve it by next quarter. However, after three months, you don't see any closing increases. So for this example, compliance training may help your team understand the fundamental behaviors that a behavioral analyst has in their core work. Setting a measurable KPI with a tangible outcome helps you evaluate performance by your employees and improve post-op training. 
Let's look at number two, empower your employees to take action. What does that mean? Empowering your employees to take action is another pro of KPIs. Let's say your overall goal might be closing billing in 30 days uh, compared to last year or this year compared to last year. So how will you attain that? And how will your team know what to do? Clear KPIs drive your employees to action. And that's what you really want. And it helps direct and guide them along the way. A tangible KPI spoken by the company director might be you want to send 30 sales emails every day or follow up with leads within one hour of the first contact when someone's requesting your services. The number of emails sent and follow up time frame are both specific because it's trackable. If you see results or if you start to see results, then you're on the right track. If you don't see results, then you might want to revisit the goals, the KPI you're measuring on that way for that goal and make those pivots as necessary. And we're going to talk about plan, do, act, check towards the end of the session. And number three, measure outcomes and results. We all want to celebrate wins. KPIs allow you to measure outcomes and results. So a good KPI, let's say by definition, should be measurable and trackable. Perhaps you obtain your goal of increasing that compliance training that we talked about by 20% for the year. Good job. But how did you meet that goal? Did every person on the team complete compliance training? Was the goal too low? And these are some of the questions that you would ask yourself when you're looking at measuring the outcomes and results in order to plan, uh, check, do an act and redo. So do you have one person who accomplished most of the team's goals? Were the goals too high? Do you know if there are employee uh, knowledge gaps? Whether or not you reach a goal is essential to know why. That's the point. One of the major strengths of KPIs is this ability to measure whether certain training decisions paid off or if they just fell flat. So now let's transition to talk about disadvantages. Setting up performance targets can be a disadvantage to your company if you don't follow up. I'll say that again, if you don't follow up on their progress, you must assess your indicators, must assess if your indicators are met by the employees company-wide and in comparison to your competitors. And that goes into benchmarking. Review your goals to determine if you must adjust them based on factors such as the economy, new product releases from other industries, or any reason that impacts your ability to meet that target. In addition, if you choose to measure targets that are not as important as you originally thought, you can replace them with essential indicators that offer a more accurate representation of what it is that you're trying to achieve. Please understand KPIs need time. One of the cons of KPIs is that they don't always offer actionable information immediately. If you invest in a new employee training program, for instance, you want to know that it's making a difference, right? But training KPIs don't show team transitions or transformations in a day. It may take a few months before you actually see those results, depending on your goals and how often you're tracking those KPIs. As the saying goes, a watch pot doesn't get boiled. I don't know if you've all ever heard of that or not, but I know it's the Southern term and I'm from the South. So don't hit the panic button or your KPIs too early. Just give them some time to simmer and heat up. Also, KPIs have a high learning curve. They're useful, but don't try to overload yourself with too many at once. Keep it simple. 
I don't know if you all heard of the acronym KISS, K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, silly. So if you've never identified and implemented KPIs before, it's best to start with one or two. Have you ever decided to start working after months of no physical activity? You get excited, you get dressed up, you go to the gym, you do legs, arms, abs, and cardio. It feels great. But then the next day comes and everything hurts and you don't want to move. The same experience can happen with KPIs. One limitation of performance measurement that may fall into this tracking, so many KPIs can become overwhelmed by all of the data that we have. If you try to implement too many at once, you'll lose track and maybe even end up failing at all of them. This can leave you feeling frustrated and your team as well. Start small and work your way up. As your comfort level continues to increase, then you can start adding more KPIs. So let's transition to developing smart KPIs. Next One slide. question for you, uh, Dr. Pearson. How many should we start off with, right? Especially assuming I have no KPI. I don't even know what KPI was until I listened to this presentation. But let's say you've got five of them and they're all really important. Should you like put a couple on the priority list and say we're going to start with these? Or what would you recommend if everything seems important? But like you said, too many is too much. Yes, yes. And this is very common what you mentioned. I would definitely recommend starting with three to five okay. and having the first or top three as your high priority. These are the goals that I must meet in order for the company to progress. It's almost like an experiment. Okay. You know, you can try something out, see if it works, and then move forward. And that's a great transition into talking about SMART goals. So SMART goals, acronym for specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-based. When you look at specific, you need to think about what needs to be accomplished and what strategies will you implement to accomplish those goals. This is another reason why you don't want to have too many and have them either so vague that they're hard to understand what needs to be done to accomplish them or that they're so complicated that they're difficult to even implement. When you look at measurable, think about what data needs to be measured for this goal and then what's deemed successful or failure. You know, to each of us, success and failure looks different. Different. So we need to make sure that that information is clearly defined. When we look at achievable, you want to ask yourself, is this goal doable? Do you have the skills and the capability to achieve it? So you don't want to assign goals to people that clearly don't have the capability to reach those goals unless you're going to implement some type of training to assist them in doing so. When we look at relevance, how does this goal align with your professional goals? Why is the result important to you or to this organization? And then lastly, when you look at time-based, what is the deadline for this goal? You definitely want to assign a deadline. I know some goals will take longer than others, but not having a timeline sometimes will keep you from reaching that goal because other things come up to the day-to-day -day and you may just not even think about dealing with that goal. So now I want to talk a little bit to you about how to create them. First, you want to clarify the goal or the objective. Figure out exactly what you hope to achieve and why it's important to what you're doing. Remember, you can track multiple KPIs for a single project. 
You want to decide next what metrics will best tell the story and help you reach your goal. So some goals might have multiple ways of tracking progress, but not all of them will be meaningful to you. So for example, the number of transactions, the number of new customers, or the increase in revenue could measure an increase in sales. You can track any or all of these, but you need to figure out what metrics are the most important. Then you want to figure out what actions you will take to meet the goal. The work your team is doing should directly impact the KPIs you choose to track. If you can't tie a metric to actions, it's probably not a good KPI. Then you want to outline what you must achieve to reach this goal. Now that you've selected a way to track the progress, translate your goals and objectives into relevant KPIs. This can be an absolute value or percentage increase. It can be quantitative, whatever makes sense for your need. Then you want to share that KPI with all your stakeholders and team members or anyone that it's going to affect. Effective KPIs are good communication tools. So make sure that everyone involved in this initiative understand what the KPIs are, why they they are important and what the final goal is. And lastly, review those KPIs regularly. Project goals and requirements can shift unexpectedly as we know life happens. So it's important to review those KPIs on a regular basis to make sure that they're still tracking progress in a meaningful way. If you find that they aren't, Repeat the steps to find new KPIs that are more effectively helping to communicate your goals. If you're stuck, try to use a SMART goal checklist to see if your KPI is an effective one. SMART goals, SMART KPIs are, again, specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. And they're all important characteristics of a KPI. Do you have any advice on when should you drop data if it's not showing you what you needed to show you? Does that make sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And I think I understand what you're saying as far as how much time to collect data that's not actually producing results for you to make a decision to let go of that data and move on to something else. Exactly. Yeah. So it all depends on what goal you're trying to reach as far as the time base for it. And I would highly recommend, again, piloting. If you do, say, for instance, one month, three months, six months, and within those three timeframes, you are not seeing results, you probably don't have a good KPI for what goal you're trying to reach. And you'll need to go to the drawing board again to be more specific. In the next slide, I'm going to talk to you about a real example that is really simple. Because again, I don't want us to overcomplicate this because when you think key performance indicator, and especially when it's tied to people's capabilities and money, a lot of people really get stressed out about it. And we don't want people to be stressed out to the point where they're not understanding their role on achieving this goal. A lot of people may not understand how to truly collect data to perform an analysis. That's a different story. So let's talk about creating unbiased KPIs. There are many situations where we will look at the information that we have in order to create a KPI, but then realize this person is not meeting this objective. Why is that? 
And a lot of times we'll find that the KPI that we created was actually biased in the process of goal attainment. So what exactly does that mean? So say, for instance, you, Stephen, have created a KPI related to me increasing the amount of clients in underserved population. With that goal, you actually say, okay, you're going to have three months in order to recruit and onboard three people from an underserved population. So say for instance, I start the process of collecting data and I can't find anybody in underserved populations that qualify to actually do the work that we do here. And so I come back to you and I say, well, Stephen, you know, I've gone through these channels and looked at these resources and I'm just not able to find individuals that are actually underserved that have these qualifications. What should I do? So that would be a perfect time for us to sit down and go back to the drawing board and understand why this particular KPI was biased. So we may look at the location that you're in, the population that you serve in that location and the pipeline pool. And we discover that there's not enough underserved individuals in that particular area that we're recruiting in that actually would qualify for the actual position that you have. So I would feel that how did we not know that we didn't have underserved individuals that were certified or have entities that actually have those individuals that we could recruit from? Mm -hmm. So to actually sum that up, it wasn't intentional, but sometimes we will create a KPI just assuming that the individuals have the ability to actually complete these goals. But then unfortunately, we find other environmental factors that may contribute or that we didn't assess prior to assigning that KPI that makes them unsuccessful, should I say. Sure. So that's why it's really important when we're creating KPIs that we think beyond the group of individuals and look at other factors that may contribute to them not being able to meet those goals. And that's even um, when we talk about uh, job performance. When you're talking about uh, job performance KPIs, you know, if you have three levels of technicians and say the top level is supervisory or manager level, and you're assigning a managerial type KPI to an entry level person, that can create some serious problems. So it's really important to A, know the skill set of the individuals that you're assigning KPIs to or developing KPIs with, should I say, and understanding if there is a skill gap, then there are other things that we probably should implement in order to get that person to a place where they are able and capable of actually meeting that goal. And don't get me wrong, a lot of that would be on that individual as well, not just the uh, manager or person that's assigning uh, the KPI. I just wanted to comment that what we do focuses so much on our clients having objectives and targets and goal writing for our clients, but this is having a plan in place for your organization. Yeah. Um, so this is something as behavior analysts that we're not really trained specifically because we're just focused on our clients' goals, but this is so important from the business perspective to know what your long-term and short-term objectives are for your company. 
and to have your team on board with that so you all know what the goals are. Most definitely. I agree. You can actually take your client's KPIs if you know them or if they are willing to share them with you as they relate to what you're doing for those clients and then create your KPIs from those. I know um, you have different clients in the same industry, but at the same time, they may do different parts of that industry. So, you know, if you can get that information, it would be so much more helpful, but you can still develop KPIs for your specific leaders in your organization to support those clients that they're working with. And how formal of a process is this usually? So you want to see it as a resource. So if it's anything that can help your actual employees or organization do things better for your clients, I would definitely consider including it. How in-depth you go would be a different discussion. But again, you want to keep it simple, but you also want to make sure that it's related and relevant to the most important things that you're trying to accomplish for your clients. And I know sometimes that probably can be hard when you're working with clients because everybody's different and everybody has different goals. But structuring your KPIs to a point where they're not general, they're specific, but they're also related to the services that you provide uh, would be very beneficial. As an engineer, we use KPI like for everything, right? And it's <laughs> and what like what I have found is that you have to be measuring the right thing. If you're not measuring the right thing, you don't know if what you're doing is effective and you have to have a really good goal, right? It has to be obvious enough, simple and obvious so that you don't get lost in that goal. And that's been my experience uh, with KPI. Unless they have really good definitions and you're all measuring the same thing, that can cause issues, obviously, right? Yes, yes, most definitely. And that goes back to the plan, do, check, and adjust, which right. we're going to talk about later, where you constantly want to check in and then see if there are any barriers and if you need to adjust those goals. You have the ability, if you see things are not working from the data that you obtain to actually change them up. And that's right. not a problem at all. Actually, I recommend that because what did Albert Einstein say? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So yeah. So let me give you a really simple example. <laughs> I am actually writing a book. So I've had this goal for probably about 10 years and obviously I have not set KPIs in order to do it. So I said, okay, it's time for me to set some KPIs in order to get this book done. So when I start with looking at specific, I want to reduce time that I spend writing a chapter from five hours to three hours. And I want to do that by structuring my time management with Kobe's quadrant. So when I look at making this measurable, I want to use a time tracker tool that's going to help me compare my times of writing. So if I can see if I'm improving or if I'm not improving. Then when I look at achievable, so I've been writing for several years, but I do have enough experience to improve my writing speed. So that's something that I'd be looking at as well. When I look at relevant, my current goal is to reduce that work time, but then also to focus on other activities that I actually like, you know, hiking, exercising, spending time with family, so on and so forth. And then when I look at time-based, I want to complete this goal and I want to do this by December 2021. So 
my SMART goal would probably sound more like reduce writing time by two hours a week by adopting Covey's time management matrix to free up time for personal activities by December 30th. So similarly, you need to break down your work performance goals into a clearly defined plan of action as opposed to something vague. That's why it's very important to make sure that it's a SMART goal. But remember, what works for me won't necessarily work for you or your employees. So instead, what's essential is to measure your work performance, find those gaps, and then adopt strategies that work best for you. So a few techniques that I want to share with you to um, adopt to improve work performance, avoid multitasking and adopt unitasking to focus on one task. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Multitasking is terrible. It it is. And and to be honest with you, it really does not exist because your brain can only process physically doing one activity at a time. So this avoids dividing your attention that in turn improves your overall efficiency. Also use task boards if it's useful for you. I don't know if you all have an employee board or a think tank or a war room or something like that. Use boards to break up those complex work weeks into actionable goals and objectives. And then I want to recommend that you manage some of those distractions by integrating some blockers to remove any triggers. For instance, if you have your cell phone where it makes noise every time something comes in, you might want to silence that during the time that you're actually focusing on achieving some of those goals. Same thing with emails. I know it's hard to do, but believe me, in the end, it will help you focus on what matters. And those are the things that are helping you get closer to your goals, not moving you further away from them. Is there people like you that support this in a company that could, I guess, most of us are starting out. Most of our members are just starting out their companies. So is there someone that they could use or refer to to assist with this or someone that could help them develop or monitor their KPIs? Yes, plenty of information out there on dashboard development. A lot of industries that I've worked in related to manufacturing, actually, uh, we use the color-coded dashboard so people can quickly see how well they're doing or how well they're not doing. (laughs) You know, like the yellow, green, and red. But yeah, I think creating a process to help track that makes it simple for whomever needs it would be something that would also be beneficial. So yes, those are things that I do. And there are a lot of people out here that actually um, help with those things as well. Yeah, you got to keep it simple. Like like you said, it's starting off small and trying to keep it as quickly as possible. Again, my experience is with KPI has been pretty negative. And, and it's like, okay, here, let's add 15 hours of work to your work week to get these KPI to tell you that you don't have enough time to do what you're already doing. That's been my experience with it. Uh, <laughs> that's not good, right? So we need it to be fairly easy to collect this data. You know, some of this stuff that we're going to talk about later, like, you know, billables and cancellation rates, super simple and obvious uh, how to collect that data. But I think big areas where it's going to get complicated is when you start looking at your success rate on clients or uh, the benefit of your services. That can be very complicated and there can be a lot of data that you're inputting and you don't know what is going to tell you.
again, this is Steven Smith with 3Pi Squared. If you would like to learn more about 3Pi Squared and the services that we offer, you can check us out at our website, www.3pisquared.com. You'll also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks.